Pulp MX Network production. Thanks for all the support, Pulp MX fans. The Pulp MX app is now available for both iPhone and Android-based phones. For all your moto needs, shop at btosports.com and use the current discount code PULPMX. And don't forget to click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com when purchasing anything from Amazon. It's the Steve Mathis Show, brought to you by RacerX, presented by BTOSports.com and ThorMX. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show presented by Thor MX, btosports.com. Check it out for, listen to the commercial for a discount code. And Thor MX, check them out, thormx.com, official gear of Martin Davalos. I'm your host, Steve Mathis. As usual, uh, we're going to recap Muddy Creek National, the first ever Muddy Creek National. And uh, with me to do that are uh, my two friends, um, Jason Thomas. Please don't call me your friend. And Jason Wygant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Uh, good times. Muddy Creek National. Um, what do you think, Weege? Overall, you've never been in the facility. Uh, lots of complaining about the track, but uh, I mean, not not an all-out riot about the track. But many guys didn't like it. But what do you think? Um, first, I couldn't get it straight if the track was totally new or pretty much the same. I literally heard the complete opposite stories within like five minutes in the pits. One guy would be like, oh, yeah, man, I've ridden here a million times. It's not even close. Like the only thing that's the same as a start, it's totally different, totally different. And then other people would be like, no, man, I rode here like last year. It's pretty much the same. There's like two sections that they added. <laughs> so I never got to the bottom of it. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's had two new sections. I think that's about it. Right. So maybe the guys that say they rode there all the time, rode there all the time like years ago before it was changed just in general. That's some of the theories I heard. Like, if you rode there five years ago, it would be totally different. Like, they changed it, say, you know, an O. No, JT, you think it's pretty much the same? Uh, I think there's a lot of similarities. I mean, there were still some jumps and sections that are exactly the same. Yeah, those, um, those rollers. You know, the the two new sections. Yeah. yeah, the two new sections were different. I think where you get where you get a lot of the man, this place is completely different. Is like the pit area and the whole rest of the facility. The track was. I bet it's over over fifty percent the same as I was there in '98. So, um, I mean, the rest of the facility though, it doesn't even look, look like the same piece of property though. Yeah, the pits going all the way back there. I didn't even know. I don't even remember. I think that was just all woods. I don't know. It was. Yeah, it was all okay. like little uh, kind of trail paths that you could drive on where people would park, kind of, and yeah. everything was on angles. Like their your trailer would be leaning to the side. You know what I mean? It was right. Really, uh, completely different looking. I was shocked when I put in there. It didn't look like the same. Yeah, the same track. Um, a little narrow. Uh, nobody liked the wood chips. Um, I was talking to Bomber afterwards, and he he lamented that he couldn't get in there enough, early enough to mix it all in. But uh, what do you think, Ouija? The track itself. Yeah, well, that was the weird thing. The narrowness is what I'd heard all along. You know, Money Creek gets thrown around. You know, they could have a national, or why don't they have a national, or what's up with that place? It's been around and it's fairly high profile for a long time. And then I always heard people say, well, the roads leading in are too narrow, too twisting, too winding. And it's not like you can fix that. Um, and the track's too narrow. But then I heard, oh, they're going to widen it up. 
which leads me to the it's totally different, no, it isn't totally different battle that I heard all weekend long. So was it any wider? Or was it, I can't even, it didn't seem wider, that's for sure. Um, I thought it was definitely a little narrow in spots, yeah. for sure. I don't remember it being, um, yeah, JT. I mean, it, you could just watch that animated track map without even having been there, and you could see the way some of those tabletops are set up. You cannot make it wider. There's nothing you can do. Right, right. And the off-cambers, too. There's nothing you can do for those off-cambers. Yeah, know? Like, yeah. if you make them any wider, they're just going to drop off more because it's, you know, a huge, massive drop-off. So That is uh, one of the, the parts that was kind of worrying, like talking to the riders after practice, just a lot of talk about it being one-lined. And it wasn't just the soil. You know, you can change the makeup of the dirt or how you water it, or maybe next year they do a better job with wood chips or whatever. But a lot of riders said, no, it's just the layout of it. There's 180 corners, and in a 180 corner, there's usually never a reason to go wide. Like Colorado, you saw a lot of paths on the outside, like big, long sweepers. Mm-hmm. But when it's just 180, 180, 180, 180, 180, you just hug the inside, and I think that's the tightness that a lot of these riders were talking about. Most of the corners were tight. So if that's an issue, I don't know how you fix Yeah, good point. There's not, yeah, not a lot you can do for that. I mean, you could build, what, bowl berms? Like, what, what would you have to do? Oh, I don't know. Bowl berms, bro. In an outdoor, like, you never see that. Like, that's starting to be bizarre. Yeah. But if the you still hurt, you could, you could do it. Yeah. No. Nope. No bowl worm. Okay. Into the infield. Launch into the infield. Um. A porta potty. <laughs> Lots of people there, JT. Wow. Packed. Yeah. Probably the highest, uh, I guess the most well attended national I've seen in recent history. I, I can't remember a national that was, there were more people. Maybe going to Helen back in the day. It was, but, it was man, packed. It was, it was packed. That's why I think, like, Hey, riders, if you don't like the track, um, too bad. Be ready for it next year, and then a year after, yeah. and the year after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Well, it's that regional event thing that we talk about, right, with, like, Atlanta Supercross. Right, right. Yeah, you get draw from a huge area of riders that are starved, starved for a national. I thought it was fine, although I did wonder what was going on in that first practice. Like, they, the wood chips and the water, it's, like, too much. It was really dusty on Saturday, or I'm sorry, on Friday. Oh, okay. I was I was a little bit concerned how hard pack and dry it was, oh. and I think they went a little bit overboard with the same concern I had. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, because <laughs> I heard I heard they were worried worried about rain, so they didn't water it a ton. And then I think when that maybe cleared and that and and this is purely speculation on my part that when that rain chance went away, then they went, oh hell, we better water this thing in a hurry, you know. And then they right. just watered it. Jeez. Yeah, they they did they did they they went nuts. Um, cool layout though. Like as far as a spectator, you can see the whole thing practically right there. And the uphill triple was cool. Um, got got it, did it get rough? How, how rough did it get? I don't think it I got, it got pretty nasty. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of expecting them to uh, to disc it after practice, and they didn't. But mm-hmm. it looked pretty choppy. Yeah, me. I think the 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 wetness of the first practice set the track up for the rest of the day and not necessarily in a good way. You know, kind of the ruts were formed. They didn't they didn't really go to town on taking a lot of them away. Yeah, that's what I wanted them right. to disco for because I thought it was so muddy that it made kind of crappy lines, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term. And then the riders were just stuck with those lines. Right, right. You know, the, the lines that were formed would never form if the track was kind of in a perfect situation. Right, right. But, well, once they were there, they were there. So. Ouija, six shades. 
had a two-stroke out there. Robbie Marshall Shades. and K- KTM. Six Shades Racing. Yep. 16th. Um, yeah, I don't know. Davey actually brought that one to us. We were um, watching some, previewing some of the clips and videos and stuff they had ready for the TV show. Not clips of James Stewart crashing in the past, nothing like that. Um, and Davey comes in and he's like, hey, 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 I got a stat for you guys. I got a stat for you guys. And if, even though the, most of the message board people would think Davey is running the TV show, I usually never see him at all on right. Saturday. He's right. not in any of our meetings. He's not even over there. He's probably Instagramming. But uh, <laughs> he's like, Robbie Marshall just beat James Stewart in qualifying. So we're like, oh, that's crazy. And honestly, what was the surprise? Marshall getting 16th or Stewart getting 17th? That's right. I couldn't decide what was the bigger deal. And then we looked and Reed was actually 18th. And I couldn't decide which out of all of those was. <laughs> More mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I thought Marshall getting in would be good. Like, you'd think he would get in and be, like, in the 30s on a, on a 250, right? Yeah. 16th? It, it, it definitely seemed weird where his second best time wasn't anywhere near his first best time. But, interesting. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean. It was a tight track, bro. Two strokes, man. Yeah, like, JT, sure. do you think that track, in some ways it did suit a two-stroke, in some ways it didn't? Uh, You know what? I kind of attribute it to if, you know, Assuming that it was legit and everything was uh, up and up with every, you know, times where James was kind of confused how he was 17th and stuff like that. Um, I think the mud may have been a factor. You know, Robbie's a really good mud rider, and the track was awfully muddy in that practice, uh, in the practice session. So I, I don't know. I mean, you don't want to take anything away from him because obviously it was a, yeah. you know, a great time. But it was, I was confused. I was kind of like, man, how did he pull that off? You know, yeah. kind of in an impressed and confused way. Did he get his fast time in the first practice? I don't know. That's oh, what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to find a reason to point to for it other than he just was hauling ass, you know? Right, right. Um, you know, the 250 class, not two strokes, but the 250 class was faster pretty much all day. Moto's practice, they were, I think, three seconds faster than the fastest time. So well, that's, I think it does show how that track – I don't know if you guys – I'm sure you guys saw that. I did, and I'm – and I. And I don't have a theory for it. I don't know why. There's some hills. It was deep in practice. Uh, I don't have a theory. I don't know why. No. I don't know why. I feel like if you watch the – first of all, watching the motos, it didn't no, – nothing about that track looked fun. Like, it just looked like, oh, I'm just choppy rut, choppy rut, choppy uh-huh. rut. Just can't get going, can't get going, can't get flowing. It seemed like in the 450s there was barely even a section where they could really build any speed. Maybe those tabletops, but then you're jumping. It's not like a – Right. Maybe past the mechanics area. But it seemed like they were never in a position where they could really wind it out. That's, so that's true. That's what, okay. Yeah, that's that's what I thought too. The track was just really tight. Uh so really weren't you guys weren't really utilizing the four fifty power too too much out there. Okay. Yeah, it made sense to me. I mean maybe not three seconds a lot faster. That's right. a little bizarre. Yeah, I, well, okay, there's that, and I definitely agree with you guys. But then, like, the uphill triple was everything you had on a uh, – the two of these were doing it, but it was everything you had on a 450 to do it. Um, so I imagine it was, you know, really key to hit it on 250F in the right gear. And then the mud, in practice, I thought, you know, would su- suck down at 250F. So, but, yeah, anyways, yeah, I was wrong, clearly. Yeah, um, uh, those times are all – I think their best times when they were three seconds faster than the second practice. Right. When it was probably less muddy. Yeah. Um, so, so that was Davey's contribution to the TV show. Yeah. Hey, Robbie Marshall is faster than Stewart. Right, right. And, uh, 
And then his point was that Stewart, ironically, was the last rider to win a national on a two-stroke. That was the point he was trying to get at. And now he's been beaten by one. <laughs> ah. The, yeah. the two-stroke giveth and it taketh away. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, hey, do you want to get into the JGR shop, Weech, before we get too much into this? Oh, you'd like to, sure. I forgot that. That's for you. For me, these are everyday occurrences. Yeah. Um. Yeah, toured the JGR shop yesterday, uh, or Monday. And, uh, man, Weege, the, the cup shop, first of all, yeah, that blew me away. Although it didn't blow me away as much as I thought because everyone who, who's told me about it says that they're blown away. So I was prepared to be blown away. And so maybe I wasn't blown away because I was expecting this gnarly shop, and I got it. it was, it's gnarly. There's every machine you could ever want to build anything you ever want. There's dynos in every every configuration in every way you want for a NASCAR. Um, anything that you need, they have a sticker shop. They make their own wraps. You know, they basically build a car front to bottom, top to top to bottom, uh, front to back. Uh, any anything they need to do, they do it. It's crazy how much. And obviously, it's a multi-million dollar sport, but. The genesis of, of NASCAR is stock car racing. Well, shit, there's nothing there that's stock, you know? It's insane. I, I think it always shows how much you cannot take money out of racing via the rules. Right. I mean, NASCAR has moved to the part where it's basically a spec car series. Like, all the cars are essentially the same. Same same basic stats. You know, same size engine, same wheelbase, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the difference is like that. Two percent of just like setup and tolerances, and they spend gazillions of dollars within to, within that two percent, yeah. which is bizarre. So yeah. it's like it doesn't matter. You could say run what you brung, or every every car has to be ninety eight percent the same. They'll just find a way to spend gazillions anyway. Yeah, and it's like, hey Toyota, thank you for building our motors. Uh, we're now going to dyno them and take them apart too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Um, I thought you'd be more blown away because. You've been in more motocross shops than I have, race shops. You've worked in one uh, or a couple. Um, that's, to me, where it really gets crazy. Like, you think a motocross shop is impressive, and then you go into one room that has 800 transmissions sitting there. Yeah. And you're like, that's pretty much an entire motocross shop right there, and that's just for spare trannies. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's a whole, like, it's a whole little self-serving country. You know, there's a, there's a parts counter. There's a cafeteria. There's a... Uh, you can make your plastic pieces. You can make your carbon pieces. You can make your aluminum pieces. You can make your steel pieces. You have semi trucks trucking things out. You have a pit wall you can practice on, uh, practice your skills on. Like it's a whole self-contained world, right there. Everything you need. Uh, gym. There's a gym in there. There's a doctor's office, a rehab facility, all that. Now I think for people who are listening, it's just saying who cares? It's NASCAR. But tie this back into our sport so people won't start hating us talking about this. Well, and then the motocross shop, you know, is a mile down the road in the nationwide shop or right by it. And, uh, yeah, they, those guys have access to everything. The motocross shop itself is, is impressive. There's no doubt they have a chassis dyno going in there. They have a motor dyno that's dedicated to them at the cup shop. And they have uh, everything you need. I mean, um, you know, a separate suspension room with uh, high-tech suspension dynos that are much better than your average suspension dyno, um, being a, as a system they use with, uh, w- with magnets and a linkage. They can replicate uh, the full stroke on a fork, which is rare, and 
you know, obviously all the all, everything you need for the motors and, and suspension are there. The guys, what struck me, we each, and you get this probably every Monday, and, you know, I did the rounds. I know all the guys on the team. You go from bench to bench and office to office. Things things are bleak there. A lot of dark humor going on the JGR Yamaha guys. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, because compared to last year, for example, this time where things were awesome, you know, they had Lost Stewart, they had Regal. Uh, things are going very well. <laughs> oh, wait. Right. Wait. Uh, pretty pr- pretty much before Anaheim won of 2012, things were happy. Oh, yeah, man. I wish you could have just had the comparison to now. If you could have been there the day they had the Stewart press conference. Right. Uh, which was at the cup shop because they have also a giant um, banquet room uh, with the big screen and all that stuff. For, just for those types of things. Like they have a room just to have press conferences. Um, yeah, the theater and everything, yeah. They were so pumped. Like, this is it. And McCarty was there, and the Yamaha guys were pumped, and Pirelli guys were there, and they were pumped, and FMF was there, like, here it comes. Right, um, yeah. And I think what happens is you give anyone a tour of that cup shop, and they all know what they're dealing with in motocross terms, and you're like, this is unstoppable. You, yeah. How can you beat this? Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily work that way. No, it's still, it's still JT. It's still the rider. It's you. Yeah. You, are, you are the closest thing to being a rider. It's you. Uh, yeah, it's an, it's an equation. I mean, that's the riders, obviously the overwhelmingly biggest part of it. Oh, yeah, I agree. They, uh, but I asked Coy, you know, like, Hey, if you need something for moto, do these guys listen to you? And he's like, yeah, man, I'm the, I'm the boss's kid. And then he's like, if I need something, I'll stand over the desk and threaten the guy till he builds it for me. But generally speaking, (laughs) generally speaking a day or two, they can do anything, you know? They uh, have guys that can analyze all their parts and pieces and build them, and then, uh, yeah, pretty pretty trick stuff. Now I'm wondering, JT, what do you think about this? Like the 2014 450 is coming with the the James Stewart tank and shrouds, right? Oh, it is. Okay, uh, I'm informing you yep. it is. Do right. you, Do you think, like that's, is that all? Did Yamaha, the OEM, steal it from JGR? You know what I mean? Like who? Who worked on that? I think it was all a JGR creation. That's pretty blowing. That, yeah, that, that blows yeah, me away. If, if, if JGR has a long-term deal with Yamaha, wouldn't they want them to incorporate that into their forward bike? Yeah, I think. I think. Um, no, obviously so JG- JGR isn't, isn't going to sell that, right? Like they have. I don't think they have any implication or intention, excuse me, of ever selling that tank shroud tombo. Right. So. You know what is the downside to them giving Yamaha that info? No, yeah, there, there's no, there's no downside. It just blows me away that uh, it blows that me Yamaha away. would put that into production. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. That is a North Carolina developed, machined, worked on tank shroud product, and it is now on a production Japanese bike. Uh, honestly, it's kind of refreshing that they would take something that works better and actually use it. You know, <laughs> right, right. Okay. That doesn't yeah, happen yeah. very often. Right. No. Okay. It is. Um, well, but who's to say it's the same? It's the same concept. Like the bike itself is going to be different, isn't it? Like, isn't you can if you change one millimeter on the frame, you can. And then I'm sure it's not going to be aluminum. It'll probably just be plastic, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's not. They could say it's the same concept. Oh yeah, they had a slimmer tank, and now we have a slimmer tank. But it's not. They're actually taking a copy of that exact part. I don't know. I heard it was pretty similar. Well. But like I said, it's not like the 2014 Yamaha. It's not supposed to be the exact same bike with a new tank, correct? Um, 
No, the frame. There are there other changes? Like, wow, the frame, yeah, the frame identical. The frame will be identical, no. but maybe perhaps reinforced, oh, yeah. reinforced, and and material wise different, but basically same shape. Same. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Same shape. Same. Same idea. Same look. You know, but it, it's going to be it's going to be flexier in different spots. A revamp of the of the flex of the frame. So, um, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but the. Anyways, the JGR guys, they're all great guys. Uh, Sean Ulikowski, Dean Baker, Johnny Olner, and J-Bone, um, the mechanics, Patty and Ben. Um, if you think Spencer, who's the guy who, uh, who I think was really responsible mostly for engineering that tank. Right. The, the team isn't going anywhere, and, and they don't have a lot of staff turnover, so you know they treat everybody well, you know, and everybody gets along and all that. Um, I, it, it's going to happen. The, the, the they just need a, you know, a little revamp of a bike, and they'll they can do it. They can do it, folks. I'm just telling you. But you know, they're not a clown show over there like they may look early on in these nationals. <laughs> so um, the best part was getting the tour by Coy, though. Yeah, that was awesome. Couldn't couldn't ask for a better tour guide. Really into it. Really enthusiastic. <laughs> really into you as well. Yeah. Very yeah. supportive. Very supportive. What you do. Yeah. And he's like, you want an ice cream? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I figured. So then I got an ice cream. <laughs> so, um, all right. Let's, uh, and thanks for your hospitality, Wygant. I appreciate it. I spent not one dime on meals in two days. It was awesome. Yeah, you didn't, did you? Yeah. Pawned it off on everybody else I could find. It was great. Yeah. Um, and J-Bone's, J-Bone's house was pretty nice. With his, it's, of course, we made a lot of James Stewart jokes because he's got some, you know, clue, cool memorabilia that he has left up for display. <laughs> so, Mathis was trying to get him to admit, has there ever been some drunken night where he's burned anything, smashed anything, Stuart? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, do you ever just come down here and just just go to town on some of these displays? And then you wake up in the morning, you're like, what have I done? What have I done? Um, all right, let's get to the race itself. Uh, we, if you're Ryan Villapoto... You crash twice in the second moto. Uh, you get a fourth. You're probably you're you're okay with that. I mean, that could have been a disaster. Well, I think what really matters is he just knows that he's still the fastest guy, and right. I'm not going to argue that. You're not going to argue that, and I'm sure he's not going to argue it. Um, and then it's all that matters. He's still the points leader, and he's still the fastest guy, so he's pumped. I think it's more of what it means to everybody else. Like, ah, maybe he's riding so fast because he's making mistakes. You know. Right, right. Um, and I, I heard when he went down, I was watching from the announcer's tower, and, and you know, there's people in there going, oh, man, like, uh, you can't pass on this track. You can't pass on this track. Well, when you're going Mach 5 faster, you can find a way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But like I'm saying, if you're Dungey and, and Barsha and those guys, it's a glimmer of hope, like, wait a minute. Maybe one of the, he'll crash again, and maybe this time it'll be devastating. So I think it's more of a a sign of hope for the others than it is a sign of a problem if you're Villapoto. Yeah, I believe that this is, you know, this is Dungy and his his camp. This is their strategy, you know, just like James Stewart last year. Hey, I'm here. I lost four motos in a row, but don't worry. I'll be here at uh, Lake Elsinore, and maybe you won't. And it didn't work, it, and it worked out for him. Exactly what happened. It was a nice yeah. plan. So that, that could be what they're talking about with Villapoto. Because JT... He he has had some sketchy moments. Uh yeah, I mean he was off the track 
at Lakewood, which, you know, if a hay bale or anything's in the way there, that goes really poorly. Um, I mean, he, that's the way he races. He, he pushes the envelope. So, right. uh, you know, I think it was a matter of when, not if, of him falling over at least. So uh, you're gonna get, I think you're going to get a lot of wins and, uh, and maybe a few mistakes here and there out of him right. the year. We, we were watching that, that impossible scrub thing that he saved. Oh, yeah, from the very beginning of the first moto, yeah. 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 Um, so maybe that's, maybe that's, maybe that's the, uh, the pattern here. But regardless, uh, Dungey rode a, well, rode, rode a great race. Again, we've harp on it every week, but Weege, man strength, boy strength. Oh, man, was it not there in full display? Like, at first I think it was kind of a joke to us, but you're watching it and you're like, no, actually you shouldn't laugh at it. Like, it's almost exactly what Stanton said is going to happen. They it's, just wear him down, and it's, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. And it stands that it's not even a matter of, like, pure fitness or mileage on a bicycle. Um, yeah. It's just they've been doing it in that class on those bikes longer. A long time, right. Yeah, it's uh, – Justin's, Justin's close. You know, I wrote in my column that came out today that I, I think Justin can have the speed to beat Villapoto. I think he can figure it out. Maybe not now, but soon. You know, I think, I think you'll see Basha beating Dungy more often. Going forward, do you agree, JT? Uh, he's I don't just know. Missing. I don't know yet. Okay, he's just missing that little bit. Yeah, and I think Dungey still got him. Still got him right now. I I wouldn't. I think maybe there you'll see more battles between the two come down to the wire. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm not ready to say that Barsh is just going to start beating him weekly. I I don't see that happening yet. Did anything happen, JT, at Muddy Creek to make you think that Villapoto is, n- you know, not the fastest guy? Like, did anything? Uh, no. No. Okay. All right. First moto was convincing. Uh, second moto, I think, would have been very similar had he not, you know, he was already in second place and kind of, you know, threw it away. But mm-hmm. I don't think, you know, it almost more right. was more reinforcing than anything because first moto you saw what kind of happened and then. Freak accident, second moto. We what what about James Stewart's day? He he was at a loss afterwards to talk about it. What happened? He didn't know. Qualified seventeenth, and just I mean, Michael Lessie straight up passed him, beat yep. him among others. Um, not a good day for the seven. You know, it was scary for him was that uh, there were a few moments where you could see he actually tried to turn it up, like that unbelievable. It's like the, as I was saying, the first Bubba scrub we've seen since in five years, Alessi. There's always been a thing where any time Alessi tries to get James, James well, gives him right back immediately. I think it's Alessi with anybody, though. Like, no no one's very happy. Yeah, but there's something special, I think, between okay. Stewart and Alessi, and I think it probably dates way back to, you know, probably 12 years ago, like, hey, he's going to be the next guy coming after you, and James saying, oh, he's not going to ever have anything for me. Trust me, don't worry. <laughs> right. um, like, it's, there have been some gnarly... It's the Ricky you know, Carmichael, uh, Travis Pastrana thing. Yeah, yeah, he'll never be in. Don't ever put a T-shirt yeah. out with him in front of me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying like gnarly, like like passes where he almost couldn't even make passes just to show, just to not be behind him for one second. And so he did that. Like unless he passes him, and Stewart's like, I'm going to scrub the crap out of this jump and get right back in front of you over the very next obstacle. You're not leading me for even a corner. But then, unless he just passed him half a lap later and just motored away. And then when Villapoto got him, I think James tried to turn it up again, 
and James got passed, and then I think he tried to turn it up again to stay with Villapoto. Like, momentarily, he's like, I'm going to try to race these guys. Yeah. But he couldn't do it for more than three laps of the entire moto. So what's wrong, Weege? Or is there anything wrong? Well, it's James Stewart. Certainly something's wrong if he doesn't have that kind of speed. Like, it's the one thing you never had a problem with with Stewart, right? Right. Like, ever. Has there ever been a day like this for Stewart in his pro career? No. I, like I wrote last week, he, he's lacking speed. Right. James Stewart is lacking speed. Stop the presses. <laughs> it's never <laughs> been an issue. He, he, hasn't, um, he hasn't been crashing. You know, he's, he's on the same bike as everyone. Four-stroke, you know, he... He lacks. He just lacks speed. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand. But the, and I think it's even more bizarre when you see him, you know, make a couple moves, put in a charge to try to get a lessier to try to keep Villapoto behind him, and then you visibly see that he hasn't sustained that for more than a lap. Like, what is it? You know, in Hangtown they said he was getting arm tightness mm. when he tried to push it, mm-hmm. um, which means he gets arm pump. And arm pump is a arm pump is one of those things that would be a perfectly logical. Uh, reason for what you're seeing, right? You can't. You try to go for it, you try to go for it, and then you have to back it down. That's, but why would he be getting this three rounds in the series? Like, I would be confused over that. So I don't get it at all. JT, do not get it. JT, thoughts on James? Uh, kind of confused, I guess. It's, it's not atypical, I guess, to be asking questions about James Stewart and get no answers, I guess. Um, just weird, you know, you like you were saying, you've never been in the situation where James is just not fast enough. That's very uh, strange to me. Uh, it's almost like a different universe where James is just like, oh, well, I'm not fast enough. Yeah, well, what do you do? Hopefully I get him next week. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I, I don't know. It's weird. You know, James is very secretive about stuff, as, as some other guys are. So, you know, you, you wonder if it's the knee. Is it arm pump? Is it just lack of kind of riding? All season, he wasn't practicing as much as he, or being hurt. You know, year after year, he just kind of lost that edge. Or he he is mentioned it's just higher. I, I don't know. I I meant I asked him yesterday on the show about his knee wrist. He said he's uh, real close to one hundred percent. So didn't didn't. Yeah, really, I, I don't know. Then I mean, he's yeah. strange. I mean, what about the rip? I've never I've never thought I would see the day where he rode one hundred percent and was seventeenth fastest qualifier. Right. Never in my life would I see that. Weege? What about the ripped? What about ripped? Did you ask him about the rippedness? I didn't. No. But, what we're, ripped. but what we're finding out is being ripped isn't necessarily mean you're going to win motos. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. Wow. I, <laughs> maybe he's too ripped. I don't know. He's ripped, though. I mean, whether he's too ripped or not ripped, he's ripped. Uh it's weird, man. It's weird. And does anyone on this call think he's going to find speed and run with those guys? I mean, he he seemed confident uh, last night on the show. Like he said, it's time to time to start getting busy and and time to figure this out. And I'm not happy. And I gotta I gotta really you know look at stuff and indicating you know that he wants it. He perhaps wants it to rain yellow this weekend. But does anybody think? He can find that speed. I, I mean, I don't. I don't think you. He's off. He's so far off. I just. I mean, I think he can find a whole lot more than he has. Like, because it's James Stewart, and this is where the Stewart haters are like, why does the media always build him up so much? Well, I'm just going by the track record of whatever. 
the last 20 years of his life, he's pretty much been unbelievable speed-wise, right? So I don't want to take three races and say he now sucks and he will suck forever. You know what I mean? You're saying that 97% of the races he's in, he's had plenty of speed, and 3% he hasn't. So you got to give him the benefit of the doubt. To go so fast as, like, this weekend, he's just going to blow Villapoto away and go 1-1? Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Right. But getting beat by Alessi and being 17th in practice, yeah. I think he could make huge strides from that level. Right. Uh, JT, Michael Alessi was good. Solid day. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, this is what we expected, right? I'm kind of in the battle and, and much better than kind of the guys around him other than, a, you know, the top oh, guys, yeah. Maybe not the top couple guys, but uh, yeah, this is the Michael Essie I expected in Hangtown, so I'm not really sure what the change was, but yeah, good to see him kind of back where everybody thought he would be. Uh, your guy Chad Reed at his best race, JT, if that means anything. Yeah, that's that's a bit tongue in cheek. You know, he <laughs> he mentioned in an interview with Paul Bamex, by the way, exclusive with Paul Bamex <laughs> Weege. Uh, what he's not the Hell Racer X right now. He doesn't seem to be. <laughs> Did I miss something? <laughs> no, no, I don't know. Racer X needs to step it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, they need, yeah. Um, Come on, Racer X. They, uh, he mentioned in an interview, like, he knows what's wrong. He doesn't feel like it's his job to share it with everybody. And he figures after the break, he'll be much better. So, there's that. So, I'm inter- I am interested. I'm very interested to see what goes, because... Chad's not the type of guy, you know, to just keep doing what he's doing and not be on it and not and the guy's incredibly determined, incredibly mentally tough. Um so I I do think that he's so whatever's going on will be fixed and I, I I'm interested to see after the break if we see the real Chad Reed, which should be a top five Chad Reed every moto. I'm gonna just throw a guess out here, and I think one of the things that makes this that puts him in this position is, um, you know, he says he's really sick, and I think the results show that. Like we said, what, last week, you know, a really bad Chad Reed should, could still get 10th, so he must be really, really bad right now. Um, I think if he – he owns his own team, so I think he kind of has to maybe go out. Maybe he's so bad that he wouldn't even have ridden these races under normal circumstances, but owning your own team and being the only rider is not those circumstances. So that's just a guess. It's not like he said, I have no choice but to come out here and race. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if that's the deal. I mean, think about how Supercross went. He managed to cram in knee surgery and miss only one race and tried and considered not missing any. Um, so I wonder if that's it. Like, hey, it's so bad that I almost shouldn't even be out here. I'm only out here because I have to be out here. That's how bad it really is. But oh, there's no doubt racing, about that. Right, exactly. But since he's still racing, it's one of those deals where if you see him out of the track, you figure, well, he must be good enough to race. But that doesn't necessarily mean he really is. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Uh, he, sh- I mean, he, if if he didn't have to be out there, if it wasn't a one man show, you would not see him. You wouldn't have seen him yet at a national. Not a chance. Right, and most of the time, when you see a rider at the race, if they're really sick or really hurt, they don't race. So it's a weird situation that you, maybe people aren't used to seeing. So maybe that's why they don't believe it's as bad as it actually is. But it actually is. You ever look a shark in the eye? I guess I did because I've looked at Reed. I'm confused, but I have looked at him in the eye. So does that mean I like shark? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, Weege, the Euros, uh, they've gone back home. Kevin Stribos had no idea that he got purse Thank money. Thank God, man! <laughs> Whoa! Oh, sorry. Was that? Um, 
What do you think of their their two weeks? I think I was more impressed with Strybos than DeSalle. Yeah, which is weird because I think DeSalle's overall results, you know, his moto finishes were a little higher, like is at their peak. Um, I mean, DeSalle was actually all over Stewart there trying to get fourth at the end of the first moto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, it was like, oh, Stewart's like, oh, somebody's challenging me. I'll have to turn it up a little oh, bit. And then he got his photo taken with him after the day and exchanged jerseys. Um, yeah, I'm sure James is hanging his up. <laughs> right, right. Clear, clear the Griffey stuff. Clear the Tagger stuff. <laughs> I've got Clement DeSalle. Right. I've got some guy from Belgium <laughs> who I think I've raced once or twice. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, uh, DeSalle certainly had more clout coming in. Right. Because everyone just remembers how well he's done here in the past. Strybos hasn't done that well, hasn't even raced here. And it, I want somebody – maybe we should just ask our boy Adam Wheeler to just give us the Strybo story. I was like, what happened to him for three or four years? He's just back on the team that he started with. Yeah. But in between, there was, like, terribleness. Like, I'm very confused as to his deal. Yeah, definitely. A, well, according to Mathis, he's, like, 40 years old. <laughs> he seems like he's had the life of a 40-year-old, yes. Yes. Um, well, uh, for starters, he was in the 450s, like uh, – Right off the bat, like he never really had an MX2 career, much of one. I think he got second in the standings behind Ramon. I think really? I think that was him. Yeah, Scotty Ramon. Um, yeah, yeah, Scotty Ramon. Razor Ramon. Oh, Johnny. Uh, Razor. Razor Ramon. Razor, yeah, yeah. The toothpick uh, fell out one time and during a photo. Yeah, yes. caught in uh, Strybos' spokes. Um, yeah, so Strybos was. Was pretty darn. It was almost interchangeable. They were they were darn close, and uh, I, I don't think people expected that coming in. It was like, oh, Desal's here, and this team it, right? But it didn't turn out that way in the races. But uh, you're saying that Desal is also not the same Desal in no either, right? Exactly. He's third in points. He's done okay. He's just he's not on Caroli's pace, and he was two years ago. He was as equal to Caroli, if not better. Then he hurt a shoulder, and he's kind of never been the same since. So. It's that time again. Thanks for listening to the Racer X podcast show. Brought to you by BTOsports.com. Presented by Thor MX. I appreciate it. Don't forget to click on the Amazon banner on PulpMX.com to help out PulpMX.com. We appreciate it. Listen to these commercials. Buy from these sponsors. Thank you for listening. See you on the other side. Rex Podcast Show is brought to you by BTOsports.com. Whether you are looking for new gear, helmets, boots, or you need to rebuild your bike from the ground up, BTO is your source for all of your motocross needs. As a proud sponsor of the BTO Sports KTM race team and the heart of the BTO Sports amateur motocross team, it is obvious that we are about more than being just a store. We support the sport that supports us. us. We at BTO Sports want to give back to you, the listener, for supporting us and the Racer X Podcast Show. Use coupon code Pulp MX when placing your order at btosports.com for a VIP listener discount. Certain brand restrictions will apply. 
for 2013, JT Racing enters its next generation with the all-new Evolve Light, ProTech, Enduro, and Limited Edition collections, taking quality and innovation to a whole new level. Also available in youth sizes, each collection is built with high-grade materials offering its own unique characteristics to meet the demands of today's riders, both recreationally and competitively. To find a dealer or view the entire collection online, log on to JTRacingUSA.com. Championship proven. Many motocross apparel brands make that claim, but only Thor can back it up. As America's first motocross apparel brand, Thor has set the standard for delivering the highest quality performance racewear on the market for the past 45 years. With champions like Ryan Villapoto, Blake Baggett, and Dean Wilson, to name a few, our products truly are championship proven. To see all the new 2013 products, visit ThorMX.com or head to your local Thor Parts Unlimited dealer. Thor, the official racewear of Supercross. JT, the BTOsports.com VIP experience, you run that thing. Um, you also are very tight with the BTO Sports KTM team of Andrew Short and Michael Byrne. How were they today? Uh, I don't think it was a hor- You know, it wasn't as bad as Colorado. Colorado was about as bad as it gets. Right. Uh, but, you know, Burner had an okay first moto and then crashed on his second moto. And uh, Shorty was decent. Um, I know it's not what he's kind of looking for, but... You know, twelve ten, and you know, it comes out with an eighth overall. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're it's a work in progress. Those guys' starts have to be better. You know, if they want to get better results, this class is just too deep right now. And you know, they're he's kind of in the he's a near tickle every moto, and he's getting bad starts as well. So, man, uh, everybody's really close. So, it's kind of who starts ahead of who, and they all are in good shape. So kind of everything comes back to the start at this point for me right now. It's crazy how much Tickle and Short are together, again, outdoors. All the time. Yeah. Every moto. No. Yeah. And they already got beef yeah. from Supercross that we know we hope are, is buried or we don't even know if it's buried or whatever. And still outdoors. There they are. And if one guy gets a bad start, you know, then they're both back there. Or they'll be six and seven. They'll be running strong. You know? It's insane. Uh, Trey Kennard, he was fast. Third place, second moto. Good good job for him. He crashed in the first moto. Man, he, the more I watch him outdoors, and I, maybe this was true in Supercross, Weege, he, he's got some sketchy moments. Well, I know when he, um, in 2011, when he went down a lot, um, when he came in at Washougal, he raised a moto, or a national a half, basically. Millville, yeah, Millville and one moto, Washougal. And a couple of the veteran riders said, yeah, but that's what happens when you ride like that. You know what I mean? Like, we, it's, it's a strange thing in this sport where injuries are always just chalked up to bad luck and dark cloud, you know? But um, I think some people have seen that before. Like, the way he rides, he rides so, fa- I don't know if it's just fast or aggressive, or, or you're saying just he's always scrubbing it and throwing it sideways. That's what I see. I see him yep. over-scrubbing JT, uh, over-correcting um, all over the bike body-wise. And it's and it's not always perfect. Yeah, and I've talked to talked to Red Dog about this too. And he he definitely is not scared to take some chances out there. No, he's, no. He, like you said, he's scrubbing and, and he he really wants to you know he wants to do good There's, because yeah you know, he could easily back it down a little bit and and be much more in control than he is. But there, there's forty. 
credit, uh, Sorry. credit him for, I guess, you know, as long as he stays healthy doing it. There's four dudes in the air with him, and he is just moving that thing, rear tire inches from their face, you know? Yeah, which isn't always a good thing. You know, James took a lot of heat for that over the years, but. But, uh, yeah. Do you agree with that, though? I just want him to stay healthy. I mean, he's, I he's been hurt so much. Yeah. Um, uh, getting back to Reed, JT, I'm sure you know more than you're letting on, by the way. I know that you know, that I know, that you know. Um, do you think he'll be better at Bud's Creek? Uh, I really don't know what's wrong with him. Um, so, I hope so. I mean, okay. I, I really don't have an answer for you because he hasn't, I don't think he's told anyone other than maybe his family what's kind of, you know, what he knows 100% what's wrong with him in a time frame or anything like yeah. that. Well, so, I, I think that I trust his judgment, and he says he's going to be better after the break. I think he will be. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I want him to, right. I want him to be better. You know, um, I just don't have a ton of info. I know he's sick. I know he's got some tests done, and he says he's got some answers that he hopes he can, you know, fix. Right. So I'm kind of going off that. Uh, Weege, Josh Grant, fastest guy in both qualifiers. Now, he rode press day. So. Yep. And the track was really crappy the first one. So if he gets out early in press day, or if he gets out early on Saturday, first practice, before the track gets all really crappy, I could see him setting the fastest time. He knows the layout. But then he goes and backs it out in the second session. So Yeah, well, he pretty much echoes your thoughts. And I know that you and Josh Grant often see eye to eye. We do. Think, yeah. Think alike. Who was the one rider uh, that, that retweeted your uh, jerk-off journalist of the year? Yes, yes that was him. Yeah, right, Josh Grant. Yeah, that's him. And uh, that was surely to take a shot at you. Um, so, yeah, I saw him. I did not watch, actually, the first practice because I was out there shooting some video stuff with the, the Verb guys for Ally. And then I just, I'm walking to the pits, and I hadn't actually gone to the JGR truck through the first two races this year. You kind of, you know, you have time to get in, like, two or three teams a week. Yes, you know, kind of make your rounds. Um, Mathis, the amount of times I've gone past the truck and people are like, where's Mathis? Where's Mathis? And I'm like, he's here. I think everyone expects you to visit every week, just letting you know. People. Mm, yeah, it's tough. Attendance counts. No, it's okay. tough because I'm also doing X-Band goggle stuff, and it's the outdoors. Yep. So, you know, I mean, it, my competition in the goggle business is busy crushing it um, in oh, every yeah. manner, and I have to try to keep up to that. Uh, yes. But, uh, so when I went over to JGR, well, team, like, hmm? Sorry, what you, I was going to say, their okay. team sending out there spending 20 grand to fun stuff, and Mathis isn't even there. Amazing. Taking your yeah. $1,000 travel money or whatever it is and just not even showing up, apparently. Oh, um, I just got that, JT, right now. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I didn't know what you were talking about. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I go over to JGR, and I'm like, hey, guys, how's it going? I haven't even – and I hadn't been to the shop on Mondays for one reason or another last couple of weeks, so I hadn't even seen the guys in like two or three weeks. And then, of course, Grant's like, oh, I'm faster than practice, and you show up. And then I was in big trouble because I wasn't even sure if that was true. Like, his mechanic, had, we were just talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I – like, let's be honest, that's a little out of nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I was like – I think this is true. If I say no, there's no way, that's going to be a bit of an insult. Dude, there's no way you were fastest. Right. Um, and he, I was like, yeah, yeah, you were fastest, right? And he's like, yeah, but it was only in the mud, so it means nothing. He's like, you're just whoever happens to get one good lap without a mistake. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, so you don't necessarily think this means anything? He's like, nope. But then he did in the second practice. Right. That was the yeah. shocker. And, um, you know, yeah. I, I had a friend of Phil Nicoletti tell me, yeah, there's guys like Josh Grant getting half a million dollars and uh, Phil's getting nothing. 
And uh, this was maybe before practice. Um, and, and then after practice, I'm just like thinking to myself, that is why. That is why. Um, because, though, yes, he's had a lot of injuries. Yes, he's had a lot of problems. But when you go out and set the fastest time in both sessions, you will continue to have a ride and make money. It's, that's the stuff you can't teach. The puncher's chance. There's always a chance. Right. Right. Yep. So, um, yeah, he was pretty good. The motos didn't go as well, but I thought he was good in the first moto. He got a terrible start, but he came from the back. So, in uh, second moto, he had to pull the mechanics area again. Justin Brayton. Justin Brayton, we'll build. We'll take that first moto, Weech. We'll build on that. Yeah, it still wasn't awesome. What? Oh, really? Well, he got a really good start. You know what I mean? Wow, Weech, I he, thought you'd be more excited. That's your guy. Got to call it like you see it, man. Right. Um, I, I, I mean, he was ahead of where he finished at one point. And I don't think, you know, if you get the whole shot, if you get the whole shot and he got second to Villapoto, you maybe don't feel that way. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I would think most of those got most riders in there, if you start fifth, they're like, I should get around fifth, and he got tenth. I'm not saying it was awful. And maybe you're right, like you take it as in a, the rest of the motors have been a disaster, so at least I got something. You know, but I can't imagine he pulled in and was like, yes. I think I went, he would be JT, don't you? No. Oh, okay. Not really. I don't think uh, if you're in I seventh mean, and you end up tenth, you're ever like, yes. Uh, I think he was probably kind of like, well, yeah, it's, I guess it's a step in the right direction, but it wasn't great, you know? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think he was anywhere near excited about it, that's for sure. If he would have stayed in fifth, then, yeah, then I agree. But, right. Wow, you guys are you guys are dicks, both of you. Um, well, I, I just think he has high expectations for himself. Uh, so anyway, so Grant, yeah, no one expected him to go one one based on his practice skills. He probably should have had a better day. Can he be? He can. Can he be the best of the rest though? I mean, it, Josh Grant, Weege, on a uh, on a day that he that that you know the puncher does come through. Does he go, you know, five five or, or or six five or seven six or whatever? Is that like his high? Is high? Is that his high top end, or does he is he better? Is no, he... I do think that's his high top end. I think the class is just so darn elite right now. Right. There's a thing I say over and over um, when people get pumped up on J Law comebacks or whatnot. You know, <clears throat> since J Law's been out, what has Ryan Dungey been doing? Getting a little bit better every single day for so like it... three years, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and maybe at one point they were fairly equal. But one guy's gotten a little better every day for three years, and one guy's not. Grant's been hurt for a long time. During that time, those guys up front are just getting faster and faster. Um, yeah, I think that's where he tops out. But I, it's gnarly right now. Like, it's gnarly to, to back it up. Short rest between the motos. I mean, you've got to really be on your game completely to even deliver a 5-5 right now. Yeah, I was talking to Tony Berluti. He was in the, for the Pulp Show. He's not happy with this short breaks. None of the mechanics are. Yeah. Um. Uh, I asked Mitch Payton on the Pulp Show last night, should we, should we expect more out of Tyler Rattray? And he goes, you should. I do. <laughs> so, yeah, he's struggling a little bit. And Wilson's out for the year. Oh, man, you know, like, talking to Berluti about his old guy, Robbie Renard, and, you know, what did Robbie in? Shoulders. And what's Dean now had three surgeries on? Shoulders. Maybe even more, but not good, JT. Nah, I bummed out for him. Yeah. You know, especially in a deal where it's, you know, not really in his control. Not that, not that that matters, big picture, but right. still, you feel for him. Um, Weege, when are you going to start giving Filthy Phil some respect on the show? Who? 
NFAB, Tyler Yamaha's filthy Phil. Yeah, I don't go over and talk to those teams. Yeah, I know. He's been good. JT. Wait, wait, is that the team that served lunch once? Yeah, they had those. Uh, oh, they had those, yeah, those guys. They had the yeah, terrific they served lunch um, in Houston. Ter- Papa Di- Papa Distos or Papa Eastos. Papacito. Papacito. Um, I totally, I totally, I, I agreed with you for you know the year or so that you've been on the Phil bandwagon that he has the speed. What I did not think would ever happen is that it would actually work out. <laughs> right, right. Well, somewhat. He had a cam chain tensioner go out second moto, but. Yeah, but I think people are starting to catch on. I think he's done just enough where people are starting. I mean, he did get what in the first one, eighth? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so there's just been enough of it where I think legitimately other people are starting to notice. There's no doubt that he's always been pretty good and pretty fast. Now, I don't even even want JT to answer this because he's wrong and he's he's not right and he's an idiot. But, Weech, can you please – I was on the – I've been on the Nicoletti – bandwagon for a year over a year now no you were you you once backed us into the corner on this podcast and i believe said if you were mitch payton what rider from the state of new york would you hire yeah to to basically force the hand between either it's going to be nicoletti or canary it's going to be one or the other <laughs> right right yes uh, you know that was like george w bush great president or greatest president ever <laughs> so which rider from new york pick, are you going pick to pick one. mitch He's so, uh, he's good. Though, no, I man. give you totally credit. You sprayed with pump, but it was a very, it was the it wasn't no. a fine mist. It was a very it was, it was a, like um it was the the nozzle is in a very specific direction. Yeah, right. Uh, at, no, Phil. goofball JT will say I you know spray the field. I sprayed the pump all over Phil only. It was just spraying him, covering him. You, you told Mitch to hire field. him over Davalos, didn't you? What? You told Mitch to hire him instead of Davalos. Oh, you? I did totally. <laughs> I absolutely did, and then I told told him to take Alex Martin over Davalos, and I think I lost Mitch at that point. I think he, I think you know how like when people say something and you're like, okay, all right, and then they're like, yeah, man, and then Bigfoot kidnapped me, and you're like, okay, you're an idiot. Like, you had me, you had me at a point. I'm listening. I'm in. You drop the Bigfoot thing. I know you're an idiot. I'm gonna write everything off that you said. That was me with Mitch. Like, you know, thinking about Nicoletti. You know, he's got his chin in his hand and he's thinking. And then I'm like Alex Martin. He's like, and that was it. I, I lo- he, he forgot. He forgot the Phil Nicoletti <laughs> thing at all. Too hard. I did. I went too far. I grabbed too much. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, are you impressed with Phil JT? Uh, I have been. Yeah, he's riding really, really well. Uh, it's been consistent too. You know, the failures really haven't been his fault. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he, he's proven that he can race with those guys on multiple tracks, and you know, not. Right. Not a one-hit wonder by any stretch of the imagination. I think he's going to be even better this weekend uh, on a track that suits him maybe a little bit more. So, right. uh, uh, yeah, he's been great. Wrapping up the 450s, unless you guys have something else. Uh, well, and Phil, is Phil going to get to the point where he can really get paid, like make really good money? Like I'm sure – Like we, I like Alan Brown, awesome guy. The team's solid. You never hear about them going to fold or anything like that. But, I mean, so the, is Phil going to be able to get – would he ever get to pro circuit level or Geico level, or will that happen? Wow, that's a good question, JT. What do you think? I, I, that's what it really comes down. I mean, to, it, right? it does. Are you really done? It does. And and now he's on a four fifty, so now it's tough to go down. No one looks at you as a two fifty guy anymore. You know, um, it's a good question. I don't know. 
What do you think, Jason? Uh, I think I think he might get into a situation where he can make some money, but it's not going to be on that that Geico kind of you know that level. I don't I don't see that happening. Um, Yamaha. I think that they're going to stick with kids. They're going to bring up kids and yeah. go that route. Yep. I just think if you haven't done it in a year or two, you're never going to get looked at. You know, you got to go to Europe like Osborne. You know, and disappear. Right. Uh, I did that, not just hear a dog drinking water in the background. Did I? No, not me. No. Okay. No. Um, they're, they're, before the season started, Yamaha did a great thing and gave out, helped out some teams and really gave a lot of bikes and products and some financial support as well, as from what I understand. Velocity 3 Racing, NFAB Yamaha, and 1110 Mods. How are they doing with that, JT? Uh, I don't know. Are man. they one and a half for three? Is that... Where we're, I, where we're at? I mean, the end, the end fab deal, it seems like it's working. The rest have been utter and complete disasters. <laughs> you know, uh, I, all right. Uh, hey, last thing in the 450s. I thought Ben LeMay getting a 15th in his first moto back was was, was good. Can we... Yeah, I'm impressed, especially because he kind of – he didn't finish the first – I talked to him in – during a, at the riders meeting, he's like, "Yeah, I'm not even close to 100." percent And then the first mm-hmm. moto didn't finish, and I'm like, "It's over." Right. Yeah. And somehow he came back. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's move to 250s. We don't have a lot of time here, I think. But um, JT uh, or JT Weege, Ken Roxon's boot comes undone in the second moto from a crash, we believe. But how is Jeff Emig, who is a Fox Shift employee, your analyst? Is yep. he just in tears? Is he is he is he trying to to not pretend it's not happening? Because you got to mention it, and you guys did mention it, but it had to kill Emig. I was kind of mad. We got called out on Twitter for not mentioning it. We did mention it. We absolutely mentioned it. I don't I don't know what part of mentioning it we didn't mention. <laughs> you didn't have a, well. You maybe during Dean Wilson being fifteenth on the ticker, <laughs> maybe you should have put replaced that ticker with a with the Ken Roxon's boot is undone ticker. I mean maybe. We could have made it more dramatic, like he's doing this again with his boot coming loose. But right, right. it's speculative at that point, like what effect that has. Like after the race, he did say it was terrible. No, 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 no. It's not speculative, JT. Uh, you, I've ridden with one buckle broke. Uh, it's weird. Oh, I can't even imagine how. I I still don't know how he was going so fast like that. If you have one buckle loose on your b- boot, it feels like the whole thing's falling off. Correct. Yeah, and I mean, he had all of them off. Like, the (laughs) boot was literally open. Like, I could see down his leg as he went by. Right, you you could see his, you know, Scooby-Doo socks or whatever (laughs) that he wore. No, it had to be really, really difficult. Um, Pretty impressive by him to go that fast in that situation. And they did mention it, and I was impressed. um, Because I really was, I was curious myself, actually, to how that was going to go. Um, Right, right. He did mention it. But he did not, he did not go into further analysis. (laughs) <laughs> of how difficult that would be. But like I'm saying, there's been th- guys are hurt, guys are sick, uh, there's bike problems, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, I didn't even really notice it, I was just in the zone. Or adrenaline takes over, or whatever. Like, you just can't guarantee that, and in this case, he said it really was bad. But you just never know, I feel like, sometimes so you ask mm-hmm. the guy after the race. Um, no? Yeah. There have been times where you talk to a guy after the race, and he's like, actually, I was really sick coming into this. Well, or I twisted my ankle in practice and it hurts really bad, but in the motos it wasn't a problem. 
and because it's just they're in race zone or something. No, no, no. Listen, I've, I've raced a ton. JT's raced a, a bajillion tons. Emig's raced a ton. It's a, Maybe he hasn't. I'm confused then. <laughs> Emig should have mentioned it, like, how gnarly it was, how much, you know, one buck. Because it is. It really is. I'm not exaggerating. I've had buckles break. And, I mean, look at my tree trunks. Well, have legs. I got these super long straps and my whole life. And if one broke or whatever, you're like, oh, my God, my whole boot's coming loose. Like, and that's just one. One single strap. Plus, that's uh, the track. I say would be one of the worst to have that happen. Yeah, it was so rutted. JT or Weege, what what's happening with the ticker? What's going on? Yeah, um, for some reason, when a rider is, that raced the previous week is out, he's just listed as a DNS, but he's still in the field. I don't understand that. And we learned this when Jay Canada was out at uh, Lakewood, and he was still in the results. But and Canada. But Canada road practice. Canada road practice at Lakewood. Right. So it didn't alarm us to the point where we were like, right. okay, there's a real issue here. Yeah. We just thought, oh, there's a weird thing that I guess if you ride practice, it doesn't know that you're out because you don't withdraw or something like that. Right. And then when we saw Wilson showing up in the first moto, we're like, oh, no, 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 it's much worse than that. Wilson and Weston Pike were not there. They did not race, Weech. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The they re- did show up even on the results at the end of the race, didn't they? I think they did. <laughs> The results were so scared of Weston, they just put him in. <laughs> the results themselves were scared. I cannot think of one reason how that could happen. Gremlins, bro. Gremlins. I don't. I don't understand. Like, isn't it? You have a mo- you have a Mogwai problem. Isn't it seeded by like these are the guys that make the race? I don't know. <laughs> you you tell us, TV guy. Yeah, but they just get that from. They get that from the results people. They well, get whatever. that from MX Sports. They do? They don't. Yeah. How, do you think they make their own results? Yeah. The, as soon as the transponder is tripped and they come across the line, we get the lap time. Where do you think that's coming from? Okay, so so you so Okay, so it's the AMA's fault. Okay, way to pass the buck. Well, I'm just saying it prevents me from getting an answer because I don't work over there in the AMA truck. I can just say the TV people and they can just say, I don't know what their deal is. This is what they give us. Okay, so someone tells you to rob a bank, you and you rob the bank, and you just go, I don't know. I, I didn't know it was wrong. This guy just told me to. I'm the announcer. Why is it my job to get, like, I'm doing a show when this is happening. What do you want me to do? Hell on, Jeff, let me put the headset down and go over to the AMA uh, scoring tower and figure out why Wilson's in this. I'll be back. No, whoever's doing the TV that sees the scroll should stop it, stop the scroll, Call the AMA, call someone, call Oprah Winfrey, call someone, and, and, and get this fixed. I mean, like... Uh, maybe they should, or maybe they tried. I don't know. I'm on the air for four hours. I don't understand how you would expect me to know what's going on when this happens. Well, maybe, you, what, you don't have a commercial? You can't say, hey, guys, what's going on with the scroll? Usually when I ask questions like that, they say, yeah, we're going to try to get it fixed. And then when the second motor at Southwick begins, we don't see anything, and then we ruin the sport. <laughs> so I've, I've become that dependent on things getting fixed. JT, you with me on this? Uh, yes, but I really don't think it's how you can fault Weege. I mean, he's... Yeah, how is this on me? Kind of no, I don't get it. I'm faulting TV people. Well, yeah, I, I, I understand, but Weege is not in the results uh, posting part of the show. I was in the booth watching the results all day long. Dean Wilson and Weston Pike never showed up once in the live timing and scoring. Really? No. They did now not show we have up. An issue. They did not show up. I was watching the screen, reporting on the racing. Did not show up. It's it's TV people is what the problem is. 
Now we have a real issue. Yeah. I did not know that. Right. I assume what we're getting is that everyone else is getting it. Not the same. No, no. Whoever's watching the scroll and the TV just goes, eh, eh. Weston Pike and no, no, Wilson. no. You don't understand. But we have we. You just see the scroll, but we have a a screen just like they have in that tower. But it also has Wilson in it. Well, no. Nope. We have one TV screen that's just well, like those guys have that has the whole forty, you know, fastest yeah, laps yeah. where the gaps are, all that. We have that also, and they were in there. So why are these different? I don't know, man. Doris, my mind is, is blown. It, is I'm it, going to now. I'm on the mission. Yeah, is, is someone it, get a hold of Doris. Doris, someone call Doris. Uh, oh, hey, and by the way, speaking of Doris and the AMA, I said to Frederick Norin, hey, shouldn't you have a national number? Or didn't? is it because you rode under a different license, you know? Maybe you run under – he's like, no. No, I should have a national number. What? I, I asked them, and they just said that they <laughs> – I asked them, and they just said, yeah, you should. We don't know what happened. <laughs> what? That's what Frederick Norin said. Now, now, his English is pretty good, so I don't think there was a lot lost in translation there. But – I assumed, like, you know if you ride under FIM or whatever? Oh, yeah. Like, maybe you don't get points. You know how that goes? Like, like kind of like Osborne yeah, did last year. your predominant license takes priority or whatever. Like Osborne rode Supercross last year, and that's why he's 338. Um, Norrin's like, no, no, I should have one. Well, he, w- he would have gotten points last year as well. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. anyways, so Doris, again, uh, the, Frederick Norrin, nobody cares about Frederick Norrin, and he's not, he's a Swedish, so he's not going to raise a ruckus. Uh, Kind of similar to David Villeman's main event starts. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Um. Anyways, good times. Frederick Norton should have a national number, but he so what do they do? Just yell down the hallway, "Hey, who else did pretty good this year that we need to look up? <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> you got that Villapoto hey. guy? Yeah, we got him. All right, that sounds like we got everybody. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, right? this this look good to everybody. All right, send it out. <sighs> there are literally point standings you can print out that have. Everybody that made a race and didn't, this is going to burn out to say this, everyone that made a moto but didn't score points is even listed, let right. alone the guys who did score points. Like, it cannot be any more obvious if yeah. you score one national point. Can, let's look into this. Maybe Fred- I, would assume, I would assume that someone looked at it and said, oh, yeah, he's on a FIM license, and then the proper research wasn't done to confirm that he wasn't. <laughs> and I mean, then- that's really the only logical... But, answer, right? but but if you're Frederick Norin and you get 867, you just go, eh. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's marketing that number, though. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Yes, I, I I forgot the John Ayers trailers are selling 867. Absolutely, and he gets 0.5 of, of a percent off each shirt. <laughs> right, right. Um. Anyways, yeah, weird deal. Weird deal. I cannot believe that the TV screen is not the same as the one in the Astros Tower. It's not, and Frederick, Nor- and Frederick Norton does not have a national number, and Kevin Stribos did not know he had purse money coming. <laughs> this is all things that happened that blew me away at Muddy Creek. I don't even understand why you would bother to have a set. Obviously, what you have in the announcer's tower works. Why even bother to reinvent the same thing? It's just, it's just someone in the TV truck dropping the ball. Someone sees it's wrong, and they go, eh. Like... Do they do they do they know it's wrong though? Do they really know it's wrong? Well, they need to get somebody that knows it's wrong because it makes us look like well, a clown maybe, show. Maybe it was a chick from Hangtown in there. She's back this weekend. She's back this weekend. Yes. Oh, you thought oh, that that would be the last time we'd see her? No, Emig said that. I mean, no, I mean, Shmef Shmemig said that. Oh, Shmef Shmemig. <laughs> right. And that wasn't. 
And by the way, now that I've thrown Schmemig under the bus, he didn't say that was his opinion. He just said, yeah, I don't think. Right. He said, hey, that was the first time. That's really hard, but I don't think. Well, look, she, 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 she wasn't that good. And, I mean, that's, that's not even up for debate. Yep. So, um, that's right. you know, unfortunately, and hopefully she gets better and, and all that. Kelly's good. Kelly's she knows what mechanics area is now. One step at a time. Yep. Um, well, she knows what it is as well. Hot chicks, bro. Hot chicks. Model wife. Um, so, anyway, so, yeah, the results, we look like clown shows. Frederick Norton doesn't have a national number for some reason. And Doris, 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 did, <laughs> Doris, uh, yeah. Uh, Things anti- are going awry in Pickerington. <laughs> right. All right. Um, yeah, so Muscan wins 2-2. Good job for him. Um, Tomac. And by the way, uh, Frankie, Muscan's mechanic, 100% agrees with me that Muscan cannot put the balls on the handlebar and go balls out. He absolutely agrees with me. That's where he says Marvin needs to do better. He doesn't think How he, literal is the he cannot put the balls on the handlebar like when he agrees with you? Well, I, I mean, just, you know, just go balls out, Weege. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried sometimes. I'm, I'm just how the context you put it in. You've never been a racer, Weege, like me and JT. No, my point is if you go, I mean, he, I bet you none of the guys actually could literally put the balls on the handlebar. No. And my, rock, my Craig, you know what I mean? My Craig could and probably would. <laughs> And he probably no, has. just one ball. Yeah, just, just one ball. Just one ball in his case. Um, all right. Uh, Tomac didn't get the start, and that's JT. That's what it's boiling down to, whether Tomac gets a start or not. Yeah, and, and well, I don't know. The, the first moto, he his start wasn't horrible. It wasn't good, but it wasn't he wasn't that impressive. He kind of went back and forth with Osborne and wasn't moving to the front like I expected to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second moto was, like, very similar to Lakewood, where he was just like, all right, yep, I'm up front. See you guys. You know, see you at Mount Morris. So, right, right, yeah. You know, it, I think the fitness and the quick turnaround is really playing into his favor right that's, now from what I've seen. You know, that's a good point. And, yeah, like, how much is that turnaround just due to he knows he's he's fit and he is fit and he knows it and, you know. seems like it's playing a huge role right now. Definitely. I mean, we've had two quick turnaround races and he's, Absolutely dominated both of the second motos in those two. So, so he has man strength. Maybe a, maybe a little bit early to draw conclusions from it, but he's making right. a strong case for it. He has man strength. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he's man strength or not, but he's he's definitely the strongest guy in that class right now. Um, Weege, uh, Roxon has a six point lead. Six. Hold on. Six point lead. Yes, yeah, six. Doesn't point matter. Lead. Doesn't matter. Roxon has a six point lead. Um, who who wins the title? Yeah, first of all, the points. Six points means nothing. Like, right. honestly, even sometimes we're doing the TV shows and they'll get in our ear and they'll be like, mention that this pass is for two points. And I'm like, yeah. it does not matter. Like, how many points behind was Trey Kennard two years ago? How many, right? point, how many points did Weston Pike get this weekend? I, I, a lot, I think. Wilson, yeah. killing it. Yeah. Um, it. It's not like Tomek's like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make up these six points? You know, it's just more about who's riding better. And they never saw each other in either of the motos. So we're only, you know, I think we're saying it all comes down to if, like, Tomek gets to start as his. But, uh, I mean, at Hangtown, Roxon was better than Tomek, no doubt about it. At Lakewood, Tomek was better than Roxon, no doubt about it. And then this week we didn't even get to see him race. So I don't know if it's done and over quite that simply. I mean, Roxon was pretty darn good on that track. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he crashed, I think, and then went off the track. And then well, he had the overall too. Yeah, crashed. crashed. His boot was bothering. I mean, yeah. he was darn good. It's not like if Tomac just figures out it starts. Right. Roxon's got nothing for him. The, I noticed. Here's what I'm thinking with Tomac. I'm thinking that he's taking the approach this year. He's like, if I start tenth and Kenny's gone, I'm not going to put my balls on the gas tank to try to get him. I'm just going to get what I can get, and then hopefully I'll get a better sub the next time. That seems to be his strategy. That's what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Like, don't wad up. Because I feel like when he got in a fourth in that first moto, he was like, those guys are way ahead. There's only five minutes left. I'm just going to have to get fourth. Hmm. Okay. That's what I think. Yeah. And then he said in Hangtown, when Roxon like, blew by him in the first moto, he was like, all right, you just need to get second in this one. First moto of the year, just get second. Right. And that's what he did. So I'm wondering, you know how last year you said they had the points and they told Barsha, you know, you got to get average third in every moto, et cetera, yeah. et cetera? Yeah. Some, I wonder if he's not doing that now. He's doing the same deal. Like, if you start 10th, you're not going to win. Just get points. <clears throat> Maybe. Um, he seems to ride totally different. JT, this is a big year for Bogle, and um, he answered at Muddy Creek. He had a good day, even though, you know, he crashed in that first moto in a weird, weird crash. and But he was up there. He got starts, and he ran pace. I mean, he doesn't have anything for the top guys, but he he didn't, you know, didn't fade. It looked like he'd been doing some work during the week and stuff. No, I thought it was a big bounce back for him. Right. Um, you know, the first moment he, he was up there and crashed, and then came back. Like, he was, you know, we were both kind of standing there watching him, and he was literally just blowing through the pack yeah. pretty easily. Uh, and then the second moto, you know, was more of what we have kind of expected from him, so... Uh, good to see from him. You know, you're, it's kind of a make or break for him right now, I think, as far as keeping a high-level factory-type ride. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, he does, does like stuff like that. He'll be, he'll be fine. Cooper Webb-Weege, tough day, 5.15. Yeah, He's and I think it really though. shows how determined he is that uh, I think he would consider that a tough day. Um, I mean, in reality, it's his third national it's Kind of like I was saying, the points don't matter right now between Tomac and Roxon. It's more of just how you ride. Right. And for him, I think it's the same thing. Like, as long as you're showing improvement and showing potential, which there's absolutely no doubt that yeah, he's doing both of those things, yeah. that you're all good. Who cares what the actual results are at the end of the day or if you make a mistake? That You just want to show you have the speed. But I think he's beyond that already. Yeah, he's... He's genuinely like, no, I want to finish on the podium overall. I want to see if I can win a race. I cannot wait until Cincerillo gets in, which we hope at Bud's Creek, and I want to see where... Wait a minute, Bud's Creek? Yeah. Not this weekend? No, no. What is going on? He's sick, bro. He lost like 10 pounds. He's, he's not... still out for this weekend. Jeez, dude. I didn't know this. No, I thought he was back for sure this weekend. You also didn't know your, your, uh, your scoring, so... I'm scoring right now? No, you're, you didn't know anything about your Please? scoring. You're scoring. Everything, uh, everything's fine. Scores, bro. Um, yeah, I did not know that we had different info. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, oh, all right, Bud's Creek. Yeah, Cooper's fast. I'm on that wagon. I'm on the bandwagon of Cooper Webb. He is not a eh. No, no. He's good. Um, and I think it's it's just weirdo circumstances in these second motos. He's not going fast because he's just – like, when you saw Zach Bell last year, it was like, the crash is coming. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't feel that way about Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. JT? Uh, no, I, was, I honestly thought he was going to be, when he hole shot or got out front that moto, I, I was kind of expecting a little bit more, and I know that sounds wrong because he's 
Mm-hmm. He is, you know, it's only his third race, but it's kind of like, dang, I, I thought he was going to be in the battle for the lead, and, and he kind of got shuffled back a little bit, uh, which he, he did fight back, don't get me wrong, but um, I don't know, like, when he got out front, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. Right, right, and it right. didn't kind of, didn't pan out that way, you know? But so. the fact that you were saying, oh, boy, here we go, should indicate what, how much you think. No, of no, yeah, I, I'm yeah, not trying yeah. to take anything away from no, him. No, no, yeah. At all. I just was like, no, but I don't know. This... I felt let down, and I shouldn't have been, I guess. <laughs> This rookie in his third race has you believing that this is going to be an incredible moto that perhaps he wins. Yeah, it was just his home race. And, you know, I know we talked about if he gets out front at this track and, he, you know, I mean, he was so good that first moto at Colorado. Uh, I just thought maybe he was going to have something for, like, a Roxton. And, you know, it just goes to show how good those guys are at the front right now. But mm-hmm. he's still very, very impressive. Uh, Blake Baggett, Weege, you talked to him? I didn't. Um, no, I no. didn't this time. Okay. I talked yeah. him in. He was, but, uh, he was solid. He, it, but... Way better. Way better. Yeah. Than, uh, than Colorado. Right. Um, actually, I need your help on this one, since we are locked in a box with apparently even bad transponder feeds. Not watching the gate drop. Bad transponder feeds. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, does, in the second moto, just explain how it went for Baggett. Because I heard people say, well, Roxon threw away the overall. But then verb dudes are telling me, no, 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 it's because Baggett went all El Chupacabra and just turned it up and was hauling ass in the first last couple laps. So what happened? Well, I Anyone know? No, I think Baggett was solid and steady, but Roxon threw it away. Um, because all of a sudden there was Baggett. I, don't, I wasn't in the tower for the last one, so I didn't see Baggett's lap times. And I haven't looked at him close enough in the results now. It was more of a case of Kenny making mistakes. Baggett was solid, not slowing down or anything, but um, I don't think he was doing his chupacabra move. He didn't, yeah, that's, he didn't that's drop what his times. Me. I didn't think right. that was the case right. from what I could see, yeah, but I can't see everything. He didn't drop his times. so. It, yeah, it wasn't like he just mowed Kenny down. No, 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 I don't believe yeah. so. Um, no, Kenny went off the track, he said. Yeah. Yeah, Kenny told me that, but then Verb guys were like, no, dude, Baggett was just hauling. Like, Kenny went off the track, but you have to give the credit to Baggett because he was going so crazy no, fast. I'm like, I just I don't, don't see that happening. I need to look at the times closer then. Nothing struck me as going crazy fast. Yeah. Well, think, these are I the same Verb guys who remember. Please, please tell us what the Verb guys said. Yeah, during practice. This is practice, not even the motos. One guy turns to me and he just says, hey, so what do you think the odds of Cooper Webb being the best rider ever by the time he's done are? <laughs> And I'm like, I don't think Vegas is putting that even on the board yet. <laughs> right. And he's like, why not, dude? He's so fast and he's so smart. He's so smart. He's going to figure it out. He's almost got to figure it out already. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah, but Tomac won his first national. Ricky Carmichael won his uh, second national ever. James Stewart won his first national ever. Yeah. But um, I just said, I'm like, Tomac won his first national, and we know all about his pedigree, the team he's on, his dad, all this, and it still took him a year or two to even figure out how to win again, let yeah. alone be the best ever. The best. I, go, I think it's a little early. The best rider yeah, ever. Right. Ever. That was it. Just George W. Bush. Good <laughs> or best ever. <laughs> right, right. What are you, these are your choices with Cooper <laughs> Tough season for Izzy. Do we know if he's hurt? Seriously? Anybody? He told me. told me he's not. Oh, okay. All right. So, tough start for him. Durham, tough deal, but he's still still struggling from the hangtown. Crash, um, Davalos, JT, what do you think of his ride? Um, I know you're a fan. Yeah, first moto wasn't the best. Second moto was was all right. Um, not stellar, but I mean he was he was pretty solid. He you know Anderson came up and got him, but he he didn't really get that tired or do anything bad. You know eighth is 
not really what I'm sure he wants, but it's not terrible either. Right. right. Still impressed with Anderson. I'm I'm still impressed with Anderson. He's a t- he's not getting noticed for what he's doing. No, he's a tick off those guys, the top guys, but he's right there. His his lap times mid moto were really really good. Like yeah. mid to three quarters of the way through were like really good. He was doing two hundred threes when there was only maybe one. Maybe uh, Tomac was doing two hundred threes, but mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. No, he's good. All right. Anything else? What are the odds that Jason Anderson ends up being the best ever? <laughs> well, you kind of expected that at Muddy Creek, though, being his home race. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Super close. Yeah, but it turned into career. Like, his career will be the best career. Career what? The, oh, oh, you're talking about Anderson. Yeah, Anderson's <laughs> home race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was actually, I heard it was Jeremy Martin's home race, too. Weird that he lives at Millville. Um, yes. Well, where you, when you factor in how the crow flies, everything changes. Yeah, it does. It does. Not many twisty roads between Muddy Creek and Arizona or in Mexico, whatever. Yeah. Anything else, boys? On the uh, BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by our friends at Thor MX. Supposed to rain this weekend. Supposed to rain? Shocking. Yep. Shocking. High point. Hey, Uh, I feel like it's been a long time since there's been a genuine outdoor mud race. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. As a as a goggle guy, this is stuff that (laughs) you you dread and you pay attention to and it hasn't it's been okay. It's been jeez. Unadilla. No? No, it's with God, I can't even think of Southwick. Southwick Hurricane South- race. The Southwick Hurricane, yeah. Last year, I don't think there were any like really bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So all it's right. inevitable. It's going to happen eventually. Um, all right, guys, thanks for doing the uh, the podcast, uh, Muddy Creek Review, BTOsports.com, RacerX, Thor MX. Thank you, uh, Jason Thomas, Jason Wygant. Thanks, guys. See you this weekend. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Steve Mathis Show. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to find the more than 200-episode archive or get the Pulp MX app for your iPhone for the complete Pulp MX fix.